We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Guess what? I've got a book coming out. How exciting is that? It's called School X, and it's all about helping you as a principal be a designer of your school and not just a manager. So I hope you'll check it out. You can download the free chapter at schoolx.me. So just go to schoolx.me to download the first free chapter. And once you get it, hit reply to the email and tell me what you think. Looking forward to sharing that with you. That's schoolx.me. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes.
You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm excited. This is episode 350, and I want to share why I'm interviewing some of these alternative uh, education leaders uh, in this episode and in other episodes. One of the major problems that I'm seeing with the coronavirus closures is that people are turning away from our public institutions. Um, you know, in Anchorage, where uh, in Alaska, where I used to be a principal, they had uh, 4,000 students who are no longer going to that school district. And that's a big deal. So as you listen to this, I don't want you to think, well, that could never work because we can't do things like that at my school. I want you to change your perspective a little bit and think, how can we keep these families engaged in the work that we're doing at our school? Take that away. Find how you can invite them to come into your school and still be part of your school even if they want to take a different approach and how you can still support them. That's what I hope you get out of this episode and many of the episodes that are coming. 350 is an amazing milestone, and I'm excited that you've been here with me through this journey. Thank you so much, and enjoy this interview with Tirsa McQueen. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Uh, This is the big episode 350, kind of a milestone, pretty excited about that, and I'm excited to have... Tirsa McQueen on today. She is uh, known as at Mother Bay Eye on Twitter and is a big proponent of unschooling. And I've just been so intrigued with her conversations on Twitter for the last few months. I thought we should probably get together and do a podcast. So Tirsa, welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Um, so I think the most logical place to start is with Um, The two big questions that we get about homeschooling and unschooling all the time, the first one being, what about math? How can we possibly have kids go to learn anything if they don't have math? So can you answer that question for us right off the bat? Yes. Like you said, I follow a unschooling philosophy. I don't know if everyone knows what that is, but that basically means that I allow my children to learn through life. Everything that they do is educational in our way of life. Math is the same way. We don't separate our lives into subjects. So their educational approach isn't separated into subjects. So they learn math organically. One of the main ways they learn it is through cooking, baking. A lot of unschoolers say that, and it's it's true. It's it, You can learn a lot of math through cooking. You basically can't even bake if you don't know, if you can't do fractions. That's one way that they learn. But just living life, every math is everything. So the approach to math in school is one of, is very much like uh, dittos and you learn, like take a test and you have time tests for your multiplication tables and all of these things. But everything is math. You can't escape math. So when you start to think about it in that way, it opens up a lot of possibilities to show kids what math is. Like, for instance, my son plays chess. He learned a grid that way, and that lends itself to start coding. Just That's just one example, but it's all around us. So I, I usually tell people, don't worry so much about it, because it's, you can't escape math. Math is everywhere. Tapping into those things that you see your children doing and explaining to them the math behind it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so, 
you know, if you take away the pressure of getting to algebra by eighth grade so you can get to calculus by your senior year in high school, um, that changes things and makes you have a different approach to how your kids are learning and what they're learning and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk a little bit about the unschooling versus homeschooling versus public schooling. What's the what's the difference between all of those? So like I said, unschooling just means that you learn through life. It's a form of homeschooling, but we don't do school at home. We just we just live our days out and we just whatever we do is educate has educational value to us. Homeschooling in like its purest sense is it's basically the same. A lot of homeschoolers think of themselves as eclectic. There's many different styles of homeschooling. A lot of times people just start out by buying a curriculum and doing school at home, which is they try to replicate school at their kitchen table or at the couch. And, you know, that's how I started too, to be perfectly honest, because you don't know what you don't know. But I would encourage people to be a bit more flexible because you're at home so you can relax a little bit. And even if you don't feel comfortable unschooling, I would say that even when you start homeschooling, ask, their, ask your child what they want to learn and start from, with that direction. I, I, I truly believe that homeschool should be more of a family interaction, more child-led and child-centered that the children direct which way they want to go. Because at the end of the day, it's their education. That's that I, I do believe that. But it's different from public school, obviously, because you're at home. I mean, you don't have to ask to go to the bathroom. You don't. You can get a snack whenever you want. So even if you do school at home, there's so many benefits that your child will get just by being at home. And you'll get the benefits as well because you get to spend more time with them. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that whole uh, student-driven um, approach, that is, that's what I believe school should be doing as well. So, I mean, that's a commonality. And when I, as a principal and a teacher... Um, gave kids the opportunity to drive their own learning. I learned a couple things really fast. Even in that system where they're so used to the teacher telling them everything they need to do, they learned way more, way faster than they would have otherwise. Um, because yeah, because it's about choice. Exactly. You you just when you get to choose what you want to do, it changes the experience. Yeah, exactly. So, what are some experiences that you've had with your kids? where that has happened and you just saw like this, this blossoming of their ability and interest through that experience. Oh, there's just been, it's just, there's too many to name, but, but I, since I am an unschooler, it, it lends itself more to the relationship between me and my children. I have four children. I have a 14 year old son, a 13 year old daughter and nine year old twins. And because I am an unschooler, we don't grade. We, there's no grades. We don't test. So in order for me to understand that they're progressing in developing, I really just have to have a meaningful relationship with them. I have to talk to them. And I talk to them all the time. And what's really funny about it is that because they get to choose everything that they learn, they can't wait to talk about it. It's they're just so excited <laughs> about what they learned because it's their choice. One of the big topics in our home is black holes. 
I can't even go into everything that these kids tell me about black holes. They're fascinated by black holes. The, one, another thing that they talk about all the time is the theory of a fourth dimension. They, I mean, talk about math. Like these are things that these kids just come up with on their own. They go down the rabbit hole and just learn all these things because they get to choose what they learn. They get to, to direct their own lives. So, I mean, just anything, every anything and everything we talk about every single day and they're just really excited. I would like to say that more than anything. It's not exactly like what they learned, but the excitement that they get from learning these things and sharing them with other people. They're just really excited about learning. And that's something that I feel like that they get that they wouldn't necessarily get in public school. Not as much. Yeah. Well, you know, um, black holes and the fourth dimension are not, you know, typically in the fourth grade. Is that (laughs) the nine-year-old? That's not really the curriculum that they're they're exposed to. Um, But, you know, you, you can you can definitely see that kids can start grasping more mature concepts than, um, than what their grade level is when they're exposed to them, especially if they're interested in them and they're the ones who are choosing it. You know, I've got a, um, my kids are, I have four kids also. They're about the same ages as yours. My oldest is 14 and my youngest is turning nine in September. And, um, they, it's really fascinating when they, when they get hooked on something and they just want to spend so much time engaged in it. So my son got into the uh, um, the Ranger's Apprentice uh, book series, which I got into also. Really good book series by John Flanagan. And um, really interesting stuff. And we started having all these conversations about medieval um, ways of living and how they lived and what knights did versus what rangers did. And... Um, it was just really fascinating to to be exposed to those things um, because, you know, nobody's talking about that in school, but he's really interested in that. And then he said that he wanted to start learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. So we got him a little kid bow and arrow and he started doing that. And we saw like this different side of him show up that we hadn't seen before. Um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting dichotomy because we we in school act like everything is about academics and push kids to be really, really smart. But then as soon as a kid says, you know, as a nine-year-old, I'm interested in fourth dimensions and black holes, then we're like, oh man, that kid's weird. He must be homeschooled and, and be different, you know? So how do you deal with that socialization piece of, of having your kids be involved with other kids uh, when so much of our society is built around that happening at school? That's a good question. That's a question that comes up often with homeschoolers. But I, I do think that it's a bit outdated because we live in a digital age with lots and lots of social media, right? So we are able to connect with each other in ways that we've never been able to do before in any other time in history. It's never been easier to find your tribe, never been easier to find your people that are interested in the same things that you're interested in. So like my 14-year-old son, he got interested in Dungeons and Dragons. So he went on his own to um, a website to find a local group. And he did. He found one at the library and he started going to it. I mean, those are just, that's just, it's just like that. It's just that organic. And like he goes to chess club. He found a chess club and at the library and he goes to the chess club 
And my daughter, she goes to Girl Scouts. She's been a Girl Scout for many years now. She's a cadet now. Um, but just those, it's very, just, you can go outside and like the nine-year-olds will just go to the park and they'll meet friends there. There'll be other kids there and they'll just start talking to them. So it's not as hard as people make it sound. We, it's right now it's COVID-19 and it's pan- pandemic. We don't usually live our lives inside. Even though it's called homeschooling, we generally, our educational approach is really about having experiences. So our whole life was going to museums, going to the library, going to the park, going to theme parks. I mean, that is just the way that we live. We, we took road trips. We, we did all of these things outside. We wanted to be in the world. So it's it's kind of hard for us right now. I mean, it, we're homeschooling not in the same way that we're used to homeschooling because of the pandemic. So it's been hard for us as well. But yeah, it's not as hard to socialize as people think it is. And also you have to get out of the mindset of socialization being your age group. Because like I was talking about, my son goes to chess class. There's a lot of old men at the chess class. And he gets to talk to these old old men and they have a fantastic perspective. So it's not just other 14-year-olds that he's around. He he doesn't look at age in the same way as we do in school. Like you were talking about how, what grade your kids in. My kids would never know what grade they're in. They don't know what grade they're in. You know, they don't they don't think about it in terms of that. And lots of homeschoolers don't not even just unschoolers, but homeschoolers because when you start home when you start homeschooling, you'll see that Things go much faster. Like even if you got a curriculum and you work through it, these kids can work through it at a much faster pace than they can at school. So homeschoolers generally, they could be in, you know, if they were in the third grade, they could be in fifth grade math and, you know, first grade reading. It doesn't matter. You, you, you do it at your own pace. That's another benefit of homeschooling is that you get to do things at your own pace. Yeah, and and so you you're able to to then make your own plan for what you're going to do each day. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast.
are there things that you do that are like, um, like what routines do you have in place to support the learning that happens in your home? And I, I'm trying to phrase that in a way that it's not like, how do you replicate school? Cause that's not what I'm looking for, but like, yeah. What, I know. What I routines? Okay. What routines have you found that have been effective for helping you guys keep keep things moving forward in the way that's comfortable for you? Well, like I said, we're unschoolers, so we don't necessarily have a strict schedule. We don't have a schedule of things that they have to do every single day. A lot of people get concerned because they think that unschooling lacks structure, and they think that children need structure, which I agree. Children do need structure, but that structure comes from the family. It doesn't necessarily come from at eight o'clock we do this, at nine o'clock we do this. It comes just from being in a family and having the structure of a family. Every family basically does the same things. We we cook dinner, we clean up afterward, we have chores, this is bath time. So it just comes naturally from the family. But my son has a very structured day. But like I said, he made it up himself. And he has he knows exactly what he wants to do at any given time and any given day. My daughter, on the other hand, she's more fluid with what she wants to learn. She'll spend the whole day researching rabbits because that's what she wants to learn today. So it's really up to them. And another thing, we try not to have such a strict routine because children need a lot of sleep. Their, you know, their brains aren't really designed to get up as early in the morning as we make them get up because of school. So we just let them sleep in till the time that they want to sleep in. If they want to take a nap in the afternoon, they can take a nap, but they need, they need a lot of rest. So we allow them the freedom to get the rest that they need. Yeah, I, I think that that's really good too. And um, since, since the COVID closures happened, um, I also just started waking up without an alarm clock. And so with the exception of an early morning meeting that I have once a week, um, I, I don't wake up unnaturally at all. I just wake up when I'm ready. And we've done the same with our kids. And what we've seen is really interesting. We've seen some patterns develop that, um, like, uh, my youngest daughter is, uh, very much a, an early bird. And my oldest daughter used to get up early every single day, but now that she can sleep in, she actually is. And I find it really fascinating how, how that has changed. And that's been a real blessing for our family to be able to to not like rush out the door by seven thirty to get everybody um, to school. That's actually been really, really nice. So I can see how that is, that is really beneficial. Um, can you talk a little bit Tirsa, about the, the mindset change that you went through going from, cause you, your, your oldest son started in public school, right? And then you pulled him out and started homeschooling. Yes. My, all of my kids, actually all of my kids started in public school. So tell me about that mind shift that you had to make to go from sending them to school every day to letting them make their own schedule. I mean, that's a, that's a jump. So talk to me about that. Well, I mean, it was a jump because of my own unlearning. There was a lot of unlearning that I had to do in order to do this because I always had this idea of children as people. Before I even had my children, I had this 
notion in my head that I was going to allow them to be themselves. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know what that was going to feel like, but I was very, very like, I, when I have children, I'm going to let them be themselves. My son, when he was, he was going into the fourth grade and he, that something happened at school that made him just livid. It was the fact that someone had gotten trouble in the class and everyone was punished because of it. And he could not take this. He could not, he couldn't take this injustice. Like it was, he was livid. So after that, he is the one who introduced the, the concept of homeschooling to me. He said, mom, do you think that I could homeschool next year? And I said, uh, okay, you know, sure. I, I've always been very accommodating to the wants and needs of my children, just but just because I want to let them be themselves. So I said, okay, but I honestly thought he would get over it. Like I honestly believed that he would just say, oh, whatever. I want to go back to school and be with my friends. Like, you know, no. The the summer came and went, and I said, oh, okay when school's starting and he said, what are you talking about? We're, I'm going to homeschool this year. And I said, oh, we're really doing this. So that's when I started to research homeschooling. And if, and the very first thing that I did was, you know, buy curriculum. It was my, my, I had a conversation with my husband. I said, you know, do you think we could homeschool? You think this is something we could do? And at the time he had just started working nights and I was working during the day. So he said, yeah, I think we could do this. He said, but I don't think we could do all the kids at once. I don't know about that. So we started with just my older son and my older daughter and the twins were little. They went, they just went to kindergarten, but the deeper that we, we started homeschooling, we got the curriculum and we started just, I started, I made a rough outline of a day. Let's do this. Like you were talking about like a routine. And the more that I got into it, the more that I started observing them, the more I realized that the things that they were learning weren't really coming from the curriculum. It was coming from everything else. So I started to re like you were talking about with your son and learning about medieval times, like it was coming from their own interest was what the things that they would get excited about. These are the things that they would stay up all night reading about. And, And so I started to delve more into different styles of homeschooling. And that's when unschooling just started, it just started to open up for me. It, it just, it just happened. Like naturally I started to read John Holt and just learn about the philosophy of people learning naturally. And it was directly in line with what I was observing and witnessing. So I said one year after we had gotten the twins out of school. So this is all four kids are homeschooling now. This is probably like the third year in. I said, what if I didn't buy curriculum? for the next school year? What if I just let you guys decide what you wanted to learn? And they was, they said, okay, mom, we, we think we're good with that. And we had lots of conversations about what that would look like. Lots of conversations about, you know, in the future, you know, you're going to have to take tests because if you want to go to college to do the things you want to do, you know, you're going to have to enter a school environment at some point. So they all agreed. And they also, I also told them they could go back to school at any point. Like I said, it's, this is your life. You make the decision. You can go back to school anytime you want to. Mom's not keeping you here. So with that in mind, we went forward and I have to say that they have learned more 
and have been more excited about learning now that I've taken the parameters off than any other time ever. And I really do feel strongly about the fact that it's because this is how people naturally learn. And this is because they have the choice. Because when you make your own choices, it makes the experience different. You could be doing the same exact thing, but because you chose it, it just makes it a thousand times better. So that's like, it took me a while though. It wasn't just like overnight. I had to do a lot of de-schooling and in unschooling community, de-schooling is when the time, the transitional period from thinking about things in a schoolish way, like the way that schools do things to just the way that you would naturally learn. And it takes a long time. It, it could take years. They usually say it takes a month for every year you were in school, but I don't think so. I think that it takes a long time because it takes a long time to unlearn those things. I'm still unlearning those things. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely correct. And, you know, I, I saw by doing this same kind of thing with kids at school, by asking them what they want to learn at school, I saw the same things. They learned faster. They were more engaged. They had fewer discipline problems. In fact, in, in my school in Alaska, where I just was, they um, we, we set up this thing called Synergy and kids were allowed to, to choose what to do during two hours uh, during the day, twice a week, which is not enough time, but it's enough time to get some sense of, of deep work in. And what we saw was these kids would, um, they would start doing their work in their other classes so that they'd be free to work more on that product that they were trying to create um, in, in the other area. So I just found that so fascinating that they were like, okay, I know I have to do this or else I'm going to have restrictions or whatever, but I'm going to do this quickly so that I can get back to the thing that I really care about. And, uh, you know, they were spending their lunchtime doing the projects that we, that they had created and uh, really learning about different things. And, and one girl in particular, she wanted to create a social network that would not have bullying on it just for our school. And I was like, that is that is huge. There's there's no way you're going to be able to do this. Are you sure you want to spend your time doing it? And she said, yeah, this is really important to me. I said, okay, go for it. And so she did. <laughs> and she learned so much. She didn't ever actually finish the project. That's not the point. No, it's not. You're exactly right. She was working and learning and she never finished, but she learned so much and she put herself into fully into something that she really believed in. Which to see her do that was, and amazing. she might pick it up, and she might pick it back up later. That's one of the tenets of homeschool is uh, as unschooling as well is that you go as far as your interest goes. So you keep going, you go as far as your interest can is, go, and sometimes that means you don't follow finish the project because your interest waned. It, you know, you you something else caught your eye, but that just going far is going to help you learn things is a learning experience that you're going to take into the next project. So, you know, and you could come back to the project that you did before. It's not, you know, I, I just, I'm done with this right now, but I can pick it back up later. You never know. So yeah, it's definitely, that's how it is in our house. The freedom definitely helps the children to want to dig deeper into it. When somebody is directing your every movement, it becomes their responsibility because they are the ones that are telling me to do it. So if they don't tell me to do it, I'm not going to do it because it's their responsibility now. But when I have freedom to learn, 
it's my responsibility. So I'm going to go as far as I possibly can because this is on me. So, you know, that's just the way human beings work. Well, and what I've, what I've seen also is as I've tried to, um, to, to help kids understand these kinds of things, what, what I've seen and tried to help teachers understand it too. When the teacher gives a, gives a lesson objective and says, we're going to learn, you know, that two plus two equals four today. Once a kid learns that two plus two equals four, they've accomplished that. And then they know they can check out and not be interested anymore. But when a child says, you know, I've heard about this thing called multiplication. I'd like to figure that out. So I'm going to try to figure out multiplication. I mean, that thing, they, they may traditionally stop at a 12 by 12 grid of multiplication, but they may go all the way up to 24 times 24 or 100 times 100 and, you know, memorize all those math facts, which, which they would have never been expected to do in a regular school setup. Um, and, you know, they would have been, you know, proficient at 12 by 12. And then they would have moved on. They might learn the history of math. Exactly. Where did this start? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that's what my that's what happens with my kids. They start with one concept. But like I said, we don't think of th- things in terms of subjects. So they start with one thing, but then every other thing is connected to it. So they might say, who created this grid? Where did it come from? Who's the first person that did it? You know, you know, what can I see this grid in other ways? Is this grid on a Rubik's cube? Is it, this, they just keep going until they can't, until they're like, okay, I'm satisfied with this interest. And then they move on to something else. But all of those things are connected. So if you allow someone to have the freedom to learn what they want to learn, they're going to, they're going to tell you things that you never even expected to hear about that thing. I, it happens to me every single day. I'm like, I never even thought about that part of it. Yeah, so the, so this brings up the other part of that of of the idea of goal setting. And this week, you, so every day for the last or every Sunday for the last few years, we as a family have set goals with each person, just as something that that we do. Um, it's been really cool. We've seen some really great goals set by the kids. Other times they've set some really um, lame, terrible goals that don't mean anything, right? <laughs> like. I want to play Minecraft every day this week for at least an hour. You know, that's, that's not really what we're getting at. But this week I was really proud of my son because we're spending some time with my sister at, um, at a lake this week. And he said he wanted to be able to swim across the bay and swim from the dock to the swim dock and dive into the water headfirst without being on his knees. And sure enough. So we set those, these goals yesterday, today, my wife texted me a video of him diving from the swim dock into the water, standing up, which was his goal. And this is something we never told him, you need to know how to do this, right? <laughs> he just said, this is important to me. I want to be able to do this. And my youngest daughter, who's who's almost nine, she said that she wanted to be able to ski on two water skis. And so she's learning how to do that also. Um, but those aren't things that we said, oh, you have to do this. In fact, We've been more like you, like you, you know, if you just want to play in the water all day, that's fine too. But what's fascinating is they put these challenges in front of themselves and they want to excel because excelling feels really good and learning new things feels really good. It does. Learning is amazing. Learning feels awesome and we can't help but do it. 
that's the thing. You are going to learn regardless. You know, I, I people I've heard a lot of people saying now that these kids are losing learning now that they aren't in school. If we don't put them back in school, there's going to be learning's going to be lost. That's not possible. You're going to learn even if you just learn about what's happening right now. If you learn about COVID-19, that's you're learning something. You just learned about uh, an infectious disease. Like even if you just learn something about your mom during the time that you're spending more time with her and she tells you stories about your family and history, that is learning. You're learning everything. You're learning how to manage your life right now during a pandemic. We all are. So they're not losing learning. The learning is just not according to the goals of the school, but they are learning a lot right now. And just like you said, if you, if you allow them to make your own goals, you're going to be surprised what they come up with. You're, you're going to think that they're just going to say, okay, sometimes, yeah, they are going to say, I want to sit and watch and play video games all day. But sometimes this is one of the things you have them in an environment that lends themselves to these goals. So that's what I was talking about. Like when we get out of the house and we do things, then other things naturally start popping up. Other goals naturally come to your mind because you're in a different environment now. So now you want to do something else. You want to think you're thinking about things you weren't thinking about before. So I'm hopeful, you know, I'm just hopeful that we can get back to unschooling the way we used to do it because going to the lake sounds awesome. (laughs) That sounds like an awesome learning experience. So, um, so let's talk, you mentioned a little bit about needing to take tests because of, um, college and, and different courses or certifications or whatever, where, where are you at with that? And what's that going to look like for your kids? And how do you reconcile that piece, like going to college and things like that? Well, because they are in school, they don't think of things in the timeline of school. So they, they know, they don't necessarily know exactly what they want to do with the rest of their lives. My, my oldest son, he kind of knows that he wants to be an engineer. So he, um, does a lot of projects, engineering projects. He does a lot of, um, online classes that are about engineering, different facets of engineering. So he's already into it. And uh, and people have actually offered their tutoring assistance to him to help him to that end, to get to this goal. So we're in the process of, of that, but it's still early on. I mean, he's 14 and he doesn't think that when I turn 18, I have to go to college right away. He doesn't think that he thinks he can go. He, he can, he thinks sometimes he's like, maybe I'll go next year. Like maybe I'll just start at the community college or maybe I'll start when I'm 19. Maybe I'll start when I'm 20. Like he, he, he's, he's willing to do it when he's ready and I support him in that. So that's where we are with it. We let them do things um, at their own pace. Yeah. And, and going to college when he's 18 and going, you know, a hundred thousand dollars into debt is not necessarily the best way to do things. Right? Uh, he would never do that. <laughs> he, would ne- he would never do that because he know he, because he knows he wants to go to college is something that he has researched and he is, he's like, you know, it's something that he has um, delved into and knows the things that he needs to do in order to execute his plan. So he he are, he tells me all the time that he would he, he hates debt. He would never go into debt, especially not for education. He 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 tells me all the time that like you you go you can get your education on your own. You go to college for the certification. It's just that other people know that I know what to do. And even then, you're gonna when you go when you start your job, you're gonna have to get, get trained. You have to do it the way they said to do it. So 
you know, he understands the, the dynamics of, you know, education versus schooling. Yeah. So um, talking about doing things in your home, what are some of your favorite um, non-tech tools that you've seen your kids really latch on to learning with? Well, my daughter loves to bake. So we recently just bought her. So all, so the, just the tools of the home are some of the things that she, that, she, that they use. Like um, we just bought her one of those KitchenAid stand mixers. So she's learning how to use that, but she uses the oven all the time. You know, they just use the, the tools of the home. I bought, they also, I bought like a lot of like things that they wanted, like um, connects projects and magnetiles and Legos. They, they love Legos a lot. There's, there's Legos all over the house, unfortunately. <laughs> My poor feet. Yeah. <laughs> but just things like that. And, but the tools that they use more often than not is each other. They pull their resources and they talk to each other. And they, we have the saying in our home that when you, it's in teaching that you learn. So it's important to us that if we learn something new, that we talk about it, that you tell someone else, because that reinforces what you know. It helps you work out the kinks of what you don't know so that you can research a little bit more. So the, the main tool would be the other people in the house and talking to the other people in the house and having those conversations. Yeah. I, I really like that answer a lot, Tirsa. Um, and here's why you mentioned before that your son is in this chess club and there's old men. He's getting some tutoring from, uh, from some professional engineers or, or something like that. And what I love about that is that this idea of it takes a village to raise a child. Um, you're really putting that into practice and the way that we've started doing that, in the industrial ages, it takes a village because you go and your first grade teacher helps and your second grade teacher helps and your third grade teacher helps. And what I like is this idea of the community and the people that are out there are helping. And so I think that that, um, where, where that's possible for people to, to engage in this, I, I think that that helps so many different levels, not just your kids, but those older people who are able to continue teaching and helping and helping someone learn something new, uh, you know, there's just so much reward in that for everybody involved. And it's just an amazing, amazing thing that, that you're showing is possible to do today. Yeah, because the people, people who they ask us, like when they find out the kids, their, the kids interest, they say, oh, can I show you how to do this? I know how to do this. Can I show you? Like, they can't wait to help these kids in their goals. Like my daughter also, like I told you, she bakes. We've had professional bakers offer to help her. Like how to, how do you make this cake? Or just like, I, I, whatever I know how to do, I can show you. Um, so you can be better at your, what you're trying to do and you can get to your goals. I really want to help you get to your goals. A lot of people just want to be that person that they wanted when they were that age. And now they have the opportunity to do that. Plus, if you're really excited about something, if you're really passionate about something, this is just like we were saying, it doesn't end. Like learning doesn't end. So, you know, we're lifelong learners. It, that's we, we learn. That's what we do. That's what humans do. So the same passion that you see in your child when they learn something new, that's the same passion adults have with, their, with the things that they love. 
they can't wait to tell someone else the things that they love to do. And they can't wait to show someone else this. And if someone else is interested in it, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you're interested in this too. Then now we can do this together and we can, you know, we, I can show you what I know and you can show me what I know, what you know. So, you know, it's just, like you said, it's about the community. It's about um, putting yourself out there and, and knowing that there are people out there that want to help, that you don't have to look far. They're, they want to. I think that's absolutely true. And I think that's a great place for us to end. But I have one final question, Tirsa. What is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal? I think one thing that a principal could do this week to be a transformative principal would be to offer their students a little bit more trust, like you were describing, to give them some free time to learn something on their own. I think that that is something that you could do to be a transformative principal so that you don't, it's not every second of every day is taken up by someone else's goals that I have the opportunity to make my own goals and to learn what I'm interested in. I think that's one, one way they could do it. That's very good. Uh, I want to thank you again for being part of the podcast. Um, you can get show notes and information at jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode three five zero. And Tirsa, thank you again so much. Um, once again, do give her a follow on Twitter at mother Bay. I very good content that she puts out regularly and loves talking about this stuff. So it would be great to connect with her there. Um, anything else before we sign off Tirsa? No, thank you so much. I had such a great time. This is such a great conversation. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to ixl.com be to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. 
Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.